On this month's show, we're talking about rentals and more rentals, Harley-Davidson's rewire program, and whatever ails you. It's all coming up on this month's episode of The Sound Rider Show. Support for The Sound Rider Show is provided in part by I-90 Motorsports, your Eastside destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can-Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides, too. Check them out online today at i90motorsports.com. Hello, everybody. This is Lee from Racer Gloves USA. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Merritt and whoever else happens to drop by today. Welcome, everybody in the world that rides a motorcycle or that wants to ride a motorcycle. It's the May edition, 2022, of the Soundwriter Show. You got me, Tom Merritt, the publisher here. You got Jen Poole hey. right there. Just hey, to, everybody. Just to zoom away from me. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day we'll we'll be in person. And uh we've been out out and about doing stuff. I guess the first thing that we could talk about is the uh Linden the uh, Washington Vintage Motorcyclist show up in Linden at the end of April. Yeah, tell me about that. I was super bummed to miss that, um, and I would love to hear all about what you found up there. It was it was really well done. It was five bucks to get in. Can't beat that price. You can't beat that. What do you expect for five bucks? I think and, I got a lot more than five bucks out of it just by looking at all the eye candy. Yeah, no kidding. And and uh, free parking to boot, right? Oh no, that was twenty five. Oh kidding. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was free parking. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it wasn't just um, going into the show and looking at all the bikes. There were some pretty cool bikes out in the parking lot. Oh, I bet. I bet. I Do you have my, any that stuck out in your memory? Uh, I parked my yellow NC700X up pretty close to a purple. Nice. A matte purple NC750X that had come down out of British Columbia. Wow. Wow, that's cool. So that was kind of fun because you'll never see those bikes in those colors, you know. Right. That's, right. That, that's me doing a custom paint job, and then that guy. I never did get to meet the guy. but Yeah, that would have been fun. I got to meet this guy. He called himself the Moto Librarian. He even made stickers for Moto uh-huh. Librarian. Nice. I said, well, what, what does that mean? I thought maybe he had a really nice collection of motorcycle sure. books. He said, well, I'm a, I'm a librarian, and I ride a motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> Okay, but he likes to listen to the show, so I know he's listening. And uh, Sweet. I believe his name was Jeff. Great, you can get a whole line of stickers for all kinds of professionals that also ride motorcycles. You it's could endless. make a sticker for. You could be the motorcycle nurse. You could be the <laughs> motorcycle scientist. Sure. You could be the motorcycle bum. <laughs> yeah, all, anything, anything you Motor- want. Motorcycle chef. I mean, it's really, really yeah. Nice. Yeah, the motorcycle uh, restaurant inspector. That's me. (laughs) 
Motorcycle dog walker. There, there there's my stickers right there. Yeah. So, uh, so and uh, yeah, all the iron inside. I mean, a really nice bunch of Nortons in there. Oh, um, I bet. Some, uh, they had a, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of confusing it because I was up in Jerry Drager's shop later and I don't want to mix up what I saw where. But, <laughs> um, so, so, oh, a nice collection of, you know, Japanese Hondas and that sort of thing. Um, big space, pretty big space, about three or four rows, enough room cool. for everybody. Yep, and and that there was a swap meet or people selling parts and bits and pieces and things. Yeah, there was yep. a swap meet out on the perimeter of the exhibit area, and I was I never really looking for much, so mm-hmm. I didn't thumb through very much. Um, I got to meet Cody, who is the current owner of Pacific Northwest Motorcycles. Cool. And a nice guy, really nice Sweet. guy. Yeah, awesome. I think we're going to uh, have him on the show at some point. Excellent. I look forward to that. Um, and and the turnout was pretty pretty good. Yeah, from what you it could was tell. Yeah. it was a full parking lot when I got there. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice. dwindled down. I think I was there for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then it sort of dwindled down. But that's what happens, you know. And they, and, and and they know it, so they only run that show for five hours. It runs from ten oh, sure. to three. Sure. And I can't tell you how many times I've been at a motorcycle show at four o'clock in the afternoon and it's right. Deadsville. Dead. Yep, wanna, total dead. Yep. I don't want to be there, you know. Right. So. so I you know, I think the for an event like that too, I I have to imagine that a lot of people had a lot of fun meeting other vintage enthusiasts and connecting with folks and swapping ideas and troubleshooting problems and uh you know, sharing their their stories about all of the repairs they're trying to do. Yeah, and it's interesting. I had a, a pretty good conversation with Terry Barber, who was one of the guys who basically started the uh, Washington Vintage Motorcyclist uh, when he basically took the North Sound VME br- group and broke it away from the VME. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he, you know, he's an older guy. He's got a lot of wisdom, and he says, you know um, – we got some really nice bikes in here. We got these old Nortons and these, these old, you know, Henderson over here. And, and he goes, but you know what? The younger people who are getting into vintage bikes are not interested in them at all. Oh, uh, they're really interested in the, in the retro Hondas and the Scramblers oh. and that sort of thing. Hmm. And I, 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 I looked at Terry. I said, "Well, geez, I wonder what that means for the the vintage market. You know, everything from '01 uh, on up to uh, say 1950. Sure. Is that gonna? Is it gonna go south? Is it gonna be? Is there? Is there gonna be so much old iron that nobody wants that the whole market's gonna drop out? But yeah, unless there's a you know a style trend that circles back around, or you know some of those things get a resurgent or a resurgence or or another wave of interest from from a group that that uh, we don't expect. Yeah. Or not, you know, who knows? <laughs> Maybe someone will make my movie. There you go. I'll have to tell you about my movie sometime. All right. You got to, everybody's got a movie in them, right? Uh, yes, this is a good one. This is a good one. I'll tell you about it sometime. <laughs> uh, anyways, so then I did tootle on down to where Jerry Drager's shop is in the old Skagit Power Sports building. Oh, great. And uh, got to sit and talk to Jerry for a while. And uh, cross your fingers, we're going to try to put together a motorcycle day at his shop. 
Oh, fun. Um, mostly what he deals in is selling uh, used vintage cars. Okay. Jerry has a motorcycle collection. I think it's 80 bikes or more strong. Oh, now. wow. Uh, and a lot of them right there on the property. Oh, cool. Scattered How around fun. between the cars. And I think sure. it would be really nice if we could spend a little time um, yeah. and put together a nice display, put all the bikes close to each other, maybe sure. make some placards if we can, right. if it's not too much trouble. I mean, I've done this before. You know, We, we right. used to do those motorcycle displays at the IMS show. Sure. So yeah. uh, I'm going to keep talking with him about it, and and he cool. thinks that maybe July is a good time to do it. So yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can't get into his shop without an appointment, and uh, there's no reason to make an appointment to see the bikes because he doesn't want to sell them to you. He just got sure. them there. <laughs> you just come to admire them. <laughs> it's cool little eye eye candy when you walk in. He's got an aerial square four in there that's just. Mm. Ten, you know, it's 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 a hundred point restoration. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun! So yeah, that'd be a cool place to hang out. And uh, it's kind of fun to go in a new shop because that's the old Skagit Power Sports. And oh, right. So you get to see where he ripped Bill's office out and put a stage <laughs> sure. up instead. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Bill Cameron, the owner of Skagit Power Sports, who works across the street now, um, he's a drummer. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what's going on on the stage? I said, well, you got to invite Bill over and have him set his drums up on a stage and have him sure. play drums. Yeah, you got a <laughs> stage. Let's put that thing to use. But, you know, Bill used to have, like, uh, uh, scorpions and strange reptiles in his office. Okay. I, I wonder how much molting they found when they tore all the walls <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. Some of those uh, surprises you find when you remodel. Yeah, a couple scorpion bodies, you know, shells <laughs> over here, a rattlesnake hide. Sure. I don't know. I don't oh, know. dear. So uh, you were down in Grays Harbor, yeah. Thurston County. At the- yeah, I did, yeah, I missed the Linden Moto Show because we were down volunteering at the Olympus Rally. Um, so that's rally car racing. And uh, they so, needed volunteers uh, for that was April 23rd, 24th weekend, race weekend. So I did want to talk about this because the Olympus Rally is, like you said, it's a car rally. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, volunteers are needed, whether it's motorcycles or cars. It's, you know, if it's motorsports. Chances are, if you like motorcycles, you're a gearhead, and if there's a car rally going on around you and they need some volunteers, that's something fun to go and do. So, right, yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, you get to hang out in the woods. I mean, the cool thing about this, too, I, for the motorcycle fans, uh, you know, Travis Pastrana races rally cars, and people might know, recognize that name from Supercross, Motocross, Stunt Riding. He puts on the Nitro Circus shows. Um, and, and he came in second at the Olympus Rally Cross. Uh, I will and, tell you. And, and you told me he fed you a couple of dirt pancakes, yeah. right? You know, we, we it was amazing to see, you know, the t- top riders obviously come through first. And they had a really great turnout. I think there were 88 riders. Um, that's cars that started on, on the first race day. It, it dwindled <laughs> after that. But, um, you know, the first cars that come through are, are the you know, the, the top riders and, or drivers and, and, <laughs> um, man, I'll tell you, he came through, we were on a really nice 
long curve and it had a little bit of a drop off on it that was a little bit dangerous. So a couple of cars ended up going off um, into the ditch there. And so we were there with, um, we were doing ham radio and, and then we had a couple of um, first aid people and then a bunch of media people. And uh, cause they were expecting some excitement on that corner, but I, you know, it was just amazing because before Travis even got to the corner, he was already sideways. The car was already sideways. Wow. And I mean, blowing up more dust than we saw from anybody else combined all day. And so I have this really fun photo where you can barely tell that there's a car in there because there was just such a huge cloud of dust flying up. And of course, it, you know, we were on the inside of the curve, but the media folks were, were in different positions on the outside of the curve or they'd set up their cameras and, you know, they'd keep having to pick them up because they'd get blown over <laughs> or knocked over with boulders or whatever yeah. so uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun it was a ended up being a beautiful weekend a great day to be out in the woods and um you know and helping them out with that event and how many hours it, did you volunteer you know we were there all day we we met at the volunteer uh, meetup spot at 7 a.m and then you know they they did a bunch of like handing out t-shirts and assigning people you know their locations and then everybody drove out you, you know you had to have a uh, a vehicle capable of, of, you know, driving on rutted out forest service roads. But then we all kind of uh, caravaned out to our different locations. And did I you go on your dirt first... bikes or, you know, your dual sports? No, or... no, we, we took our, um, our, our four wheel drive vehicle because we were hauling radio equipment and, you know, oh, okay. f- food for people and first aid stuff and all that. Yeah. I mean, we could have taken some of that on the bikes, but we weren't really sure what to expect either. And, you know, we had just, I mean, we took more stuff than we needed just because we hadn't done that before. And so, you know, we had stuff, extra food and water for others and things like that. And then but, were, you, were you inspired by Travis? And when you went back, you, you sort of practiced a little bit of his I mean, there? it was, I will tell you, I think we all had a little bit of fun driving out of there. <laughs> so, I mean, we kept having to stop to, you know, we were all kind of um, uh, leapfrogging, stopped at different spots to take down the uh, the caution tape and the you know the signage and stuff because that's all private property um, and so we were kind of cleaning up on our way out but uh, we definitely had some fun on on the roads on the way out because they were already torn up you know well I know <laughs> so. in the past they had used the road between Oakville and that little town up in the woods that where the pavement ends on the north side there's a, a a dirt road that goes up from Oakville that they had used in the past. I don't know if they used it now, but that's a pretty yeah. fun little road, both on a bike oh. and I assume in a car. Yeah, I you know this was all gated, um, and so I you know I don't know that we could get in there any other time. Um, but it was you know we we met up in Montesano, and I know the the race itself. I'm pretty sure started in Shelton. Um, and and uh, cut through both Mason and Grays Harbor County, but uh, yeah, it was a super fun day. Met super, you know. That's the thing. If you volunteer at these events, whether it's a you know an Omra race or a Wamra race or the rally racing, you meet other people that love the motorsports, you know, and yeah. love to be outside. And um, we had we had a great time and just a super fun day. The the camera crews had these. Uh, I'm sure others have seen them, but I hadn't up close. Um, had these drones that would that would chase the cars, you know. And so yeah. so the cars would go flying by, the drone would go flying by, and um, I, I'm waiting for some of that footage to get uploaded on YouTube because I think it'll be fun to watch some of that. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, and so um, like you say, you know, um, 
got all the volunteering available for OMRA, WIMRA. I know they've got we'll, – we'll talk about it in the calendar, but they'll be uh, over at the Ridge this month. And yep. also um, – sorry, I'm having to deal with my second engineer. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he put all four paws on the keyboard, so yeah, that's the problem. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, not only do the racing groups need volunteers, but when there's a track day, they also need volunteers. And I know that in the past I've seen where some of those volunteers actually get to take a couple laps on the track sure. in, in between the, the uh, regular track day activities that are going on. So – you know, if you want to do a couple of laps around the ridge or whatever, find out when the track days are. We run them in the calendar and and sure. uh, and uh, see if you can't get involved that way too. If you want to do that, yeah, you know, it gets you access to the to the properties, to the tracks, um, and um, you know, gets you up close to the action where uh, you might not have that opportunity otherwise. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to uh, we got a, a long list of news bites. We got a whole bunch of calendar, and we got some pretty good banter coming up. So we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety, featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham. Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hi, my name is Alan Ayers uh, from White Center, Washington. Uh, one of my favorite rides that we do quite often is go up through Greenwater over the Natchez Trail, come out over in Yakima. Uh, I do it on my Honda NC700X. Uh, not many people do it on that bike, and I get some strange looks, but it works great. Hey, this is Austin Weaver from Travel Penticton, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. the Soundwriter Show, and we are going to pop into our News Bites segment. First, uh, a little local news. We've got some rentals that are starting to kick in here. Yeah, I was excited to see that uh, Indian has expanded their location for rentals, and that includes Nash Power Sports in Auburn. Uh, so they they are currently offering, they have half, you can do a half-day rental um, which I think was, I want to say that was a four-hour rental. Uh, those run around $125. You could do a full day, which is a 24-hour rental for $199. Um, and then you can do multi-day up to seven days at $199 a day. Um, and that, you know, it depends on, I, I think that you might, I, I don't know if it's the same price for all the bikes. So that I think that's like a starting range. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can rent the Indian Scout, the Springfield. I think they had a couple of Chieftains and a roadmaster. So, um, and they, you know, I went to the website, you can, you can reserve it, you know, you can kind of work through the reservation. You can pick the bike, um, or you can do it based on calendar dates. And they also had, um, suggested routes like they, you know, they, I think they're putting, putting them together in a way that 
kind of gives you like GPS tracks or a, a day, a recommended day of places to go. And so they had a Snoqualmie Falls one and a Highway 101 Hood Canal Loop one and 11 worth trip. So, you know, you don't have to just show up and then go, oh, I don't know where I'm going to go. You know, they basically have these recommendations and, and set day trips for you. Um, or you could do your own thing. But I mean, how cool is that? I, I just love riding other bikes or riding different bikes. And, you know, that takes the the pressure of having to, to buy and own. You get to ride something you wouldn't normally get to ride and see some great scenery. And um, I would encourage people to check that out. But, yeah, that's right in our backyard. And if you're thinking about buying one of these bikes, there's no better way to test ride a bike than to pony right. up the money. And, and, and even if it's just a four-hour hour rental, you're going to get an idea of the ergonomics yep. on that bike. And that's going to be way better than taking a little 15-minute right. test drive. Sure. Yeah. So. And, and uh, yeah, it just looked like a, a lot of fun and a great way to, to get out on a Do uh, you know if, if someone does a rental and they decide to buy, do they apply the rental against the purchase price? I was, you know, as we were talking, I was just wondering that same thing. And I didn't see anything along those lines. Um, you know, maybe maybe they have some kind of consideration they give you. Um, if you do that, but um, I didn't see that outright. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, be sure you check the website ahead of time. They do have some gear requirements and I think you have to be 25 years of age. So um, just make sure you you check that out before you just show up, assuming <laughs> you're going well, you to probably have to have some insurance yep. coverage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So make sure you check all that out before you go. But um, uh, what a cool opportunity and uh, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you've got friends coming into town, they want to go riding, mm -hmm. you just rent a bike, uh, yeah. and you can all go for a ride. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So, speaking of rentals, you found some snow bike rentals. I, I did. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. So, if, if you're willing to go over to Montana, there's a... You check out snowbikenation.com, and they've got... Uh, they, they do guided tours and rentals. Um, they have them... Uh, you can do it just outside of Whitefish, uh, Kalispell, Columbia Falls lakeside in big fork montana and it looks like with the gear the guide and the bike the prices range from about 1200 to 3600 um, for the packages that they have put together and that's just tons and tons of options so um, if you want to go play in the you, you go play in the snow <laughs> on a you know on a uh and a snow bike uh, so it looked like uh, they had a couple different kinds and you just have to know how to ride a motorcycle and uh, off you go <laughs> yeah so. and i would i would i would just say you know uh, the fact that you get a, a little lead tour is a good mm -hmm. deal because what are you going to yep. do just throw it on your truck and hope that where you're going to go you know right <laughs> they don't want the bike going somewhere that's going to yep. collapse or whatever so right and you know you get the locals and that can guide you through the you know you can get really disoriented in a snowy landscape especially if it's a place you don't live so you know for sure it makes sense to have a guide in that situation but yeah they do a whole day you know full day um experiences and uh you know if that's if you're into cold and you want to try another bike you know try a snow bike out and uh check, go check that out i would guess at this point it's probably something to plan on for next winter maybe i'll tell you it seems like the snow's hanging around a little bit longer here i don't know about that's montana true, but, yeah uh, 
Yeah, I can see the Olympics from looking out my window, and it's still yep. sitting out there at like fifty five hundred feet. So yeah, we we keep talking about getting out in there, and I'm pretty sure we're going to hit snow at a lower elevation than than we might normally this time of year. I don't think you could go all the way from say Lake Cushman all nope. the way up to Quilcene at this point. Nope, I don't think so either. Although. Um, What's that one? Bonjon Pass looks like it's clear, but I've been oh, yeah. fooled by that before. Mm. Uh, you know, I can see it out the window. It's only about thirty six hundred feet, but there's a lot of shady areas around there. Oh, sure. And then sure. all of a sudden, you come around a corner where there's no right. sunshine and there's a bunch yep. of snow. So, right, probably not time. Right, not quite yet. Uh, let's see. Motorsport dot com has a driven to ride series. Yeah, so motosport.com. So they sell, um, you know, gear and accessories and parts and uh, liquids and fluids and things. Um, so they have a they have a series that um, they feature um, USMCA certified professional coaches that work with riders across different disciplines. And the, they basically have videotaped them giving a lesson to a rider and you get to sit in and, and watch them learn and go through the different drills. And, you know, they interview uh, the instructors or the coaches and the the riders as they go through that. So you get basically a free, you get to sit in for free on, on, a, on a lesson with a professional rider on a, you know, uh, either, it, you know, I, and I think they're doing cross discipline. So I think they might be taking, um, you know, sport bike riders and putting them on dirt bikes. I'm, I'm not certain about that. I only watched one of them so far, but how was um, the quality of what you watched? Well, it was great. Yeah, it was. A, it started out a little bit slow. It's not um, like somebody and, running around with a cell phone camera or anything like that. No, no, no. This is this is full high quality production. Um, and I'm not sure the the one I watched was filmed out at a uh, a training compound <laughs> out in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, it was very high quality, very well done. And they start out interviewing the rider and the, the coaches. And, um, so if, you know, if you're antsy to get to the, the, the tips and the, you know, the coaching part, um, you know, you might have to for- fast forward a little bit, but it was really great to, um, you know, hear them talk about, uh, their background. And, and one of the writers that I saw was a, a local, a female writer, or, you know, she was, a uh, started out in Washington state. So, um, anyway, great story. You get to hear their story. You get to see them go through, um, a, a training session or instructional session and, and, uh, improve their skills. And maybe you'll pick up a, a tip or trick yourself or some other drills that you can work on, on your own. It's all free, all free, totally free. Yay. Good. Uh, Buell, a couple more prototypes coming, taking reservations now. Yeah, I think these aren't going to be released until 2023, but they've got a, a Baja DR and a Super Touring. So um, I know one of them was a V-Twin. They might both be V-Twins. I'm not sure, but um, they're getting into the off-road and touring. So Buell's just going to, you know, continue to exp- you know, be, you know, get back into the, the market and, uh, start, uh, producing more bikes. Do you know, will so we see any showrooms or any, anybody pick up the line? I'm not sure. I don't know how, you know, in that, you know, that we talked before about the, was it the hammerhead? I don't know if that ended up coming out yet or if they're, that's still, uh, targeted for 2023, but so I'm not sure how the distribution's coming along for those, but I know they're, 
they're working on uh, continuing to develop the line and um, we'll see, maybe they'll start out, um, you know, closer to their headquarters and then gradually expand beyond that. They should put their, their manufacturing right next to a Boeing plant <laughs> so that go. when all the guys who work at Boeing don't have planes to build like right now, that they right? could all be working over at the Buell factory. There you go. <laughs> And then they've get you know once the they've got all the the bikes uh, coming off the line they can just ride them up onto the airplanes and take them out to the dealers. There you go, or get them delivered by Amazon drone. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, Honda has a CRF E2 electric dirt bike for kids. Yeah, these uh, they're they're they've got uh, these are little. Little for you know for riders that are ninety nine pounds or less. Um, they've got two different power output levels, so um, you know you can uh, set them at a lower power level for the newer riders, and then it's got a little growing room in it where they can get a different uh, power output as their skills develop. Um, these run just under three thousand dollars. Thirty thousand. Uh, three thousand. Oh, three thousand. So two, yeah, and uh, the battery has a two hour runtime. And then a uh, to charge it to fully charge the battery takes about four hours. They claim that you can get a backup battery and swap it out in a matter of seconds, so it doesn't take forever to to do a battery swap. Um, but it, you know, you'd have a nice quiet dirt bike for the kids, huh? Yeah, you wouldn't even know when they're riding. You couldn't <laughs> right. hear it <laughs> right. until they crash or something. <laughs> right, right. Or you just hear them yelling. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Is, is mm-hmm. this on the Honda website? Uh, I, you know, I I might have seen it in one of the uh, digital motorcycle magazines. Um, I don't think I went directly to Honda's website, but I understand if I read correctly or I, if I recall correctly, I think they're already available at uh, the dealers. Or oh, I haven't got a media theory, release I mean, on I, it, so yeah. Uh, let me maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but I was thinking that that it sounded like they were they were coming out. Uh, or that they were out already and um I, you know if your dealer can get a hold of it you should be able to it, i didn't think i didn't get the impression that they were these were still uh prototypes i think they're they're out there all right uh our next bit of news is uh a little bit confusing so hang on if you will um the harley shop down in vancouver was purchased last year and the name of the company was changed to volcano harley davidson and then latest went up for sale and the owner of volcano bought latest down in gladstone just southeast of portland and is closing the vancouver shop and renaming the latest location <laughs> Volcano Harley-Davidson. Gotcha. Okay. So basically what he's doing is he's moving the shop, but I guess sure. he's bought two shops in the last year, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that how that all works out economically. Right. Uh, and this is part of Harley-Davidson's, quote, rewire program. Um, which is a program that's supposed to streamline all the economics of the dealers and uh, the product line so that they appear or or become more profitable. They lost $92 million last year. 
Oh wow! And uh, they, but but it's okay because they have three point eight billion in the bank, which <laughs> I guess is like about a one year chunk that they need to run the business on. So they get sure. a, a good rating from the Better Business Bureau. There you go. Um, they in their media they claimed that uh, it was COVID that uh, hurt them. But you know what? The reality is I've been watching this going on for, well, I've been watching Harley-Davidson for 22 years. Sure. Um, they haven't been doing well for about seven or eight. Right. So it's not really COVID. And this uh, this consolidation of shops has kind of been going on up here in the Pacific Northwest for a while. Right. Um, we saw them close down the shop up in Bellingham maybe seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And then the, they shut down the shop up in Mount Vernon about two years ago, maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now the, the, you know, the furthest North in the continental United States that you can go to a Harley shop is going to be the one up in Smoky Point. Oh, sure. Okay. And I got a feeling we might see a little more consolidation as time goes on here. Yeah, you know, the the one I, I see, there's that one in Tacoma still. They're still around. And then other than that, I can't think of where I roll past a Harley dealer. Well, there's on one down in basis. Olympia. Oh, okay. So could okay. it happen that the one in Olympia yeah. and the one in Tacoma could? Sure. Or, and it was the one over in Silverdale. So uh, is that still that's not there anymore, is it? Is that I don't still know. there? Maybe it's gone. Oh. Maybe I've been paying attention. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't noticed that one, but <laughs> maybe it's just tucked down a tucked down a road I don't uh, travel. Yeah. So uh, I think the consolidation will continue until mm -hmm. they start having some profitable quarters, which mm -hmm. they haven't been having. So I don't know. But, you know, it, it hits us on a local level, and then you can right. watch it on a national level, too. Right. So, all right. Um, well, we talk a lot on this show about electric motorcycles here and there, but uh, you had some info you wanted to share on hydrogen motorcycles. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of kind of noise out there about um, the, you know, the, the uh, Japanese manufacturers working together, motorcycle manufacturers and some of the car manufacturers working together to try to develop um, hydrogen, uh, hydrogen fueled motorcycles. Uh, they've got a lot of challenges to overcome, you know, it's expensive um, to, to, to the materials are expensive and, you know, they don't have the uh, capacity now to do the production in a way that, that makes it cost effective. And, you know, they've got some other challenges in terms of, uh, you know, the, the amount of pressure <laughs> that, 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 <clears throat> that type of engine is under um, is significant. So they've got to make sure they have high quality tools and that there's all kinds of safety um, considerations that are uh, a little bit different than than with a because um, you got to make sure you're building a hydrogen motorcycle and not a hydrogen bomb. Right, exactly, exactly. But you know, there's a lot of interest in that, and and if it's you know done a certain way, it's a clean clean energy, and um, I think that uh, you know for future there's a, a lot of interest in it and, and a lot of collaboration. And so we're going to, 
see and hear more about that as they continue to try to develop that technology. Um, but but there is active interest and in, and the you know the motorcycle manufacturers are are working with the auto manufacturers to to make some progress there. So. Uh, it's, you know, early stages, we're going to see and hear more about it. Um, so keep, keep an eye on that. So if you're an Amazon Prime user, there's a documentary that I bumped into last month. And I think it was called The Death of the Electric Car. And it was done in about 2002. Just okay. prior to Tesla coming on the scene. And all they did was they talked about how all the, you know, GM and Ford had had done this work and put out these prototypes, collected them all up, crushed them all, and that was the end of it. And that's the end of the show. Wow. And, and, you know, it's like, well, (laughs) uh, I bet you didn't see Tesla coming down the pipe, huh? No kidding. You know, there was hydrogen cars that were built back in the 80s and the 90s. Mm. And uh, I've seen them in the Peterson Auto Museum. Oh, cool. So I wonder if this will be one of those things where, you know – Maybe it will really finally take off. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the the challenge, I think, will be figuring out a way to do it in a cost-effective way um, and to scale. All right. Well, speaking of energy, uh, this one really put a bad taste in my mouth um, that the current administration wants to AOK E15 for use in vehicles throughout the entire year. Right. And it, my personal experience with using ethanol fuels, of course, most of us use E10 in our vehicles now. Right. Uh, my personal experience is that uh, engines just aren't very efficient with ethanol in them. Um, I could cite going on a trip up to Canada in my Honda Element that typically gets about 25 miles to a gallon on the highway. And uh, up in Canada, when I was running all non-ethanol fuel, Mm -hmm. I was getting 30 miles to the gallon. Wow. When I went through Idaho, granted, I had a trailer on the back, but with a trailer on the back, I'll still get 20 miles to a gallon on the highway. When I went through Idaho and pumped E15 in one day, I was down to 14 miles to the gallon. Oh, my goodness. So what is the benefit of E15? I can't – I personally can't say I see a benefit in E15, and I don't see that it's going to solve uh, a a shortage of petrol, you know? Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, the AMA has has been – you know, advocating for a long time and getting involved in in this issue for quite a while, just because of you know the the damage that that uh, the E15 can do to to small engines and so and we then did the, it, you know we did just put your link up on our Facebook page. So if people want to uh, put their two cents worth in. They can uh, send an email to a couple of people in the administration and let them know that, hey, you know, first of all, AMA points out, and it's true, uh, E15 isn't – it's not Not certified for motorcycles by the EPA. Right. And it will ruin some some, uh, engines, particularly things like boats. Right. Boats. You've got uh, potentially lawnmowers, uh, UTVs, ATVs. 
Yeah, your chainsaws, all that stuff. Yeah. So, and so you know, beware the other, of the E15. Yeah. I do believe it is. there is a stipulation that if you offer E15, it has to be on a pump that's also running E10 or non-ethanol. The other issue, though, that that brings up is just the the uh, poor labeling, the, imp- the inappropriate labeling. It's either deliberately mislabeled, accidentally mislabeled. Or people who don't uh, you know, know that are trying to save a right? buck and... Yeah, you could really, you know, destroy your engine and not realize it. Be- and the, you know, the, uh, yeah. So it's, there's it's multiple a, a reasons yep. I don't like the corn industry. And this is just one of them. <laughs> this is one. <laughs> this is just one. Well, it is. It's a corn industry. They make it all right. from corn. And right. uh, a lot of the corn grown in middle America never yep. makes it to the table. It makes it right. to the tank. Right. And I, I do believe that's pretty heavily subsidized still, if that's. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we know about that. Um, we're getting a little long here. One last quick announcement. The On NA Sunday 50th DVD, 50th anniversary DVD, which is all remastered, is available now. Yeah, you can, uh, get it you can on buy Amazon. it on Amazon. In fact, mm-hmm. it's cheaper to buy that one on Amazon than to buy the original version on ah, the DVD. There you go. So if you've been waiting for that to, so that you can own it on, at your own home and watch it anytime you want, it's now available. Yep. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we've got the calendar. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at cyclebarn.com. My name is Jason Omar. I'm from Ferndale, Washington, and one of my favorite rides is riding 134 miles an hour down the Bonneville Salt Flats on my 1948 Panhead. Hi, this is Gary LaPlante from Moto Ventures, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. show we got tom the publisher jennifer the writer at large and we hey. are moving into the calendar now uh first thing up may 1st through the 3rd down at the crooked river oregon we talk about them a lot you know uh, <laughs> arma's just using that land down there for all kinds of stuff and they'll have a vintage mx that weekend fun i say go and get Get your tent on board and go down to Tumalo and set up your tent at the campground there and ride sure. up and watch the, the vintage motocross. Awesome. That would be fun. Uh, May 6th through the 8th is going to be racing at the Ridge. And this sh- this uh, on this particular date or the series, uh, this is going to be both Omra and Wimra racing. Uh, although Friday is kind of like a practice day and there's yep. some track days going on. I think Optimum, yep. Optimum uh, performance, performance has some yep. and probably the the usual suspects all probably have track days going on at it. Right. And it, 
Yeah. And if you haven't been out to the Ridge and Shelton in a while, you know, they've done all those improvements and added bleachers and garages and uh, it's a, the facilities really made a lot of upgrades. So uh, go check it out. Yeah. It's a lot easier to spectate now, I guess is one of the points. So if you or want check to and see if you can volunteer still. Sure. Yeah. Volunteer. Got time to check that out. Yep. Uh, let's see. And then we got some trials going on in Boise, Idaho mm-hmm. on May, Sunday, May 8th. Oh, I'm going to jump. Uh, we're going to go uh, reverse a day and uh, go back to May 7th is uh, International Female Ride Day. So that'd be um, so, Saturday. Yeah. Get out on your motorcycles. Actually, they that was uh, to uh, promote uh, female motorcyclists, but also other power sports. So get out and do something fun in a power sports, <laughs> whether motorcycle or car. So be your side by side or your rally right? car. Or... Exactly. Get out there and have some fun. Yeah. All righty. Um, Sunday, May 15th. This has got to be like the 35th version of this. It's the Bonehead Enduro going to be held out in Snoqualmie as usual. Um, and I think that the sign Have you up been is, to that? I have been to it numerous times, yes. And how is that one set up for spectating? Um, it's really not because okay. you go, yep. you're going 25 miles in on logging roads. Okay. And then yep. you're turning around and coming back out. Fair enough. So you can't really spectate it. You can go and watch them take off and watch them come back in, but you, sure. you, you know, <laughs> and you certainly you, you're not going to want to take a car out on those logging roads because they're not always in the greatest of shape, and yeah. sometimes uh, the bones are hidden in areas where you couldn't take a car to. Sure. Okay. So. Yeah. So, so it's all uh, likely single track. I, you know, because I was again. Well, no, it's about, it, like, it's it's logging oh. roads, but oh, okay. But okay. Uh, you know, it's not just the main line. Sometimes they go off yeah. on the side roads that maybe sure. haven't been used for five years or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I gotta. I have to imagine that they need volunteers too. <laughs> There's usually a bone out there called the mud bone. Okay. Uh, which is. You know, you, you may get your bike back out. You may not. <laughs> <laughs> if if the snow level's down low enough, there'll be a snow bone and and uh, sure. all kinds of stuff. So fun. Uh, let's see. On Saturday, the twenty first of May, there's the Oregon Vintage Show, Vintage Motorcycle Show. That's going to be held in Corvallis at the Benton Fairground. Cool. Uh, also on the 21st, I don't know where this town is. It's called Derry, Oregon, and Arma's going to have a trials competition out there. I wonder if that's near the Corvallis. I, I, I have to get my atlas out. Yeah, I don't know. I've not heard of Derry, Oregon either. And then that following Sunday, Arma will have a motocross event at the same uh, place in Derry, Oregon. Okay, cool. And then also on Sunday, the 21st, it's the annual Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Yeah, now that's a fundraiser for, uh, uh, I think, prostate cancer research and men's health. And they have events all over. So there's, you know, Washington, Oregon, uh, many different cities have organized rides and and, uh, fundraising. So uh, go to their website and and you can find uh, the one that's happening in your area and, and join that. But that's that's vintage. That's vintage bikes, and uh, oh, you take um, anything you want. You can sure, absolutely. They won't stop you. Yeah, they won't. That's true. They won't. Just make uh, sure you wear a suit and tie. 
Exactly. Whether you're a guy or there a girl. You go. Yeah. Yes, you have to be distinguished. Yep. <laughs> so uh, uh, also on Sunday the 22nd out in Palouse, Washington, there's going to be trials competition at assumably the privately owned Redmond Ranch. Okay, so, that would be fun. You see, have you been out to that trials, one? I have not, but all these trials competitions I know, basically I'd love happen to watch on trials. private property. Yeah. Mm-hmm, sure. Either private property or DNR land. Right. So. Yeah, the last time we watched a, a trials competition, I think it was in Polsbo, on, uh, and, and yeah, you really get your exercise, but I'd love to go check out some of the other locations. So this one just came in this afternoon as I was working up the agenda here. Um, so I'm going to let people know about it because I'm sure it's limited to how many people can go. But Moto Guzzi is going to return to the Northwest this year with another uh, tour series. Uh, this one's going to be called the Big Sky Tour, and it's going to run through Montana and Wyoming. Nice. It'll be on July 27th through August 1st. Great. So I'm I don't know if you I doubt you're required to have a Moto Guzzi, <laughs> but they're probably going to promote it heavily in the Moto Guzzi sure. circles. Yeah, yeah. So well hopefully the 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 guy that bought my Moto Guzzi will uh, go take it out on the Big Sky tour and uh, enjoy the ride. Yeah. Do something with that bike, will you, man? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> All right. Well, I told you off the air earlier that I went for a ride and made a big mistake, and we're going to come back and talk <laughs> about it. So we'll be right back in just a moment. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie down among riders. Rock Straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundwriter Store at store.soundrider.com. Hi, my name is Rich. I live in Kingston, Washington. I own several motorcycles, uh, BMWs, Ducatis, Harley-Davidson's, and one of my favorite rides is riding the Olympic Peninsula. Hi, this is Dimitri from Nelson Rig, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Rider Show May edition, and it's Tom Marin, the publisher, and Jennifer Poole, writer, and we're going to hear all about Tom's big mistake. What did you do? Well, you know, last month on the show, my tip was if you're getting out for your first ride of the year, make sure you take it easy. Sure, maybe 50 miles, mm-hmm. and maybe do 100 miles, and I didn't listen to myself. You didn't? No, I put the bike on the charger and got the air in the tires and everything was groovy. And and I rode north up to Linden. Sure. On all the back roads. As soon as I got over the slough there in Everett, I popped off and went up Highway 9. 
Nice. And uh, ended up doing 200 miles in 10 hours out on the bike. <laughs> Ooh, a 10-hour day or one of your first first rides out is a really long one. It was. And yeah. and I'm not getting any younger, but, you know, I, I started kind of looking at all the ailments. I've had these when I was like 40 years old. Sure. You know? So it's, it, it's not necessarily a, a, a getting old thing. It's a how ready is my body to do this. Sure. And then, you know, you're you're putting yourself in the the position of being in a certain position for an extended period of time. And, you know, if you don't take breaks <laughs> or you're not prepared for that, you know, you're going to be feeling things that uh, you weren't expecting to feel. Well, and the more breaks you take, the more you throw <laughs> your right leg over the seat. Sure, sure. <laughs> and And so I ended up having hip trouble. Sure. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have other things I've had in the past, like sciatica. Mm-hmm. Uh, my knees didn't feel too good. Um, fortunately, I didn't get Charlie horses, which I've had in the past. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> or the the numb hands. Uh, yeah, the numb hands didn't That's... happen this time. And also, I'm I'm a candidate of Raynard's disease, so. Uh, I, I don't only get numb hands just for the heck of it, man. When, when it's cold and you see my hands and the Raynard's in, they're like, they're like gray. Ah, ouch. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to talk about some of these things. And really what I want to do is kind of cover some of the solutions. And so we'll, we'll talk about the solutions and we'll kind of pinpoint, um, where they, where to focus them, you know, which ailment they would apply to. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and the first Match. one is uh, diet. Yeah, and, and, and you know, doesn't a healthy diet help everything? I, you know, I really think it does. It, yeah. it, it, it does help you get through. So when you have some of these other problems, like, you know, your muscles hurt or whatever, think how much they'd hurt if you didn't eat, you know, if you, if you, if you didn't eat good. Sure. And I know you're a clean eater, and I'm a clean I, eater at home. Right. And we can't eat clean when we're out on the road because there's no way to it's do tricky. that. It's tricky. I mean, you could try and eat at the grocery store and buy you sure. know, organic yogurt and all this stuff. But uh, that's a, I, I could do that in the car really easy because I could put a cooler in there and sure. get around my cooler all the time. But You know, you bring that up. I was looking. You've got that article on Sound Rider about um, eating healthy on the road and and some of the foods that work well when you travel. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can when you're motorcycle camping or motorcycle traveling, you know, I love the suggestion of carrots because I, I carry zucchini a lot. And I was like, oh, yeah. You, you know, there's some carrots? vegetables. Well, your your article had mentioned, you know, carrots and hummus, you know, it's pretty easy to oh, yeah. come by that stuff and they don't get destroyed. And, you know, if you, if you toss them in a, a backpack or, you know, when you're on your motorcycle or you have right. um, in your pannier and um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it is, it can be trickier when you travel, but there are things, there are foods that travel well and there are, um, you know, I, one of the other ones that I like to travel with um, is uh, avocado because even if I'm, you know, motorcycle camping, I'll usually take one that's 
it's not quite ripe and then in a couple days it'll be ripe yeah and, you know and, and that doesn't have nowhere. to be refrigerated so you're exactly in good shape there and they're so filling uh, but yeah, it, you know, you're right. It is tricky when you're traveling to to eat healthy. But, um, you know, there are some strategies and tricks around uh, doing that to at least so that not everything you eat is junk. <laughs> and and avocados, you know, um, onions and uh, my yep, guacamole well. recipe is really simple. It's it's, um, you know, it's avocado. It's just a little bit of onion and one clove of garlic, and that'll make a nice serving for me. If I'm going to make sure. more for two people, I usually use three avocados, maybe about a quarter of an onion and uh, two garlic cloves. Well, you got a good blade and some kind of cutting board, and it's not hard sure. nowadays. You can buy all those cutting boards that are, you know, a sixteenth of an inch thick. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and then you've got you know, I mean the the garlic and onions are super good for your immune system too. Yeah, and you just go buy a bag of chips, and and if you don't mm-hmm. eat them all that night, you, you're kind of a wimp. I <laughs> know. Oh, then you didn't make your then you didn't make your guacamole well enough. <laughs> to be like, <laughs> well, so, it's so delicious, you have to eat it all. You're not going to be carrying those chips in your bike. I could tell you that they're going to get crushed. Maybe maybe right. there's some sort of right. crushed trip chip dip you can i don't know throw them in with a can of chili or something <laughs> there you know. go there you go on the next night um so yeah so so diet is really critical and if if you're not eating clean at home consider doing it because it works for me that i eat clean at home and you know hey i'd i'll go eat a big mac anytime when i'm out on the road but uh, the more I eat clean at home, then the healthier my body is and the, and the more I'm able to have a better immune system and all that stuff. So Yeah, it's a whole lot easier to recover from a, a Big Mac if, if you don't eat them all the time. Yeah, if all you do is eat Big Macs, you're going to be sick. Your immune system's going to go right down the right. toilet. So, right, totally. um, so anyways, um, that's diet. Let's uh, – uh, I recently connected with my physical therapist who fixed my shoulder after I hit the dog. Yep. And I had him build me out a PT circuit. Nice. So it's about, I think I have to do about 14 different stretches and free weights. And, um, when I did this ride the other day, um, by Sunday night, my hip was throbbing. And I thought, well, why is my hip throbbing when I do all of these stretches and free weights? Well, there's a little muscle sure. up in there called the piriformis. And it connects between the hip and the thigh bone. The piriformis connected between the hip and the <laughs> thigh bone. And that's the muscle that you use to throw your leg up over the seat on the sure. bike. So if you don't have that thing stretched out, you're going <laughs> to feel it 24 or 48 hours later, and it doesn't feel good. And the older you get, the worse this gets. Sure. Do your hip rotations before you start throwing the leg over the bike. Yeah. What I did was um, I looked this up, found a stretch, tried it, and it worked for me really well. And that was what's called the sitting piriformis stretch. And um, I'm not going to explain it here, but uh, <laughs> if you have any kind of hip pain, look this up online. Look up a sitting piriformis hip stretch. And uh, I, I really, 
it, it, it was a huge change. I was able to get out sure. of this funk that I was in, and I feel yeah. a lot better now. Nice. Yeah. Do you find, I know you do a lot of walking with the dogs. Do you find that walking helps too? Cause I, you know, I feel like if I sit too much, you know, the, the, um, I, my hips get really ticked off and my, uh, hip flexors shorten, you know, and I find that uh, a good antidote for that is to, to do more walking. Walking does help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically don't have any kind of hip pain when I'm walking, but yeah, then, you know, I'm done walking. I want to take a break. I sit down in my easy chair and, <laughs> and if I haven't been stretching those piriformis out, I know it because I feel it when I get up. Sure. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of other muscles you need to work, you know, work on your, your quads and that sort sure. of thing. All your back muscles, your core muscles. Um, yep. so, so if you don't have a PT circuit yet and you're feeling these ailments, these joint pains, uh, consider that, you know, a lot of people would have hip pain and say, well, maybe I have to get a hip replacement. And that's not always the solution. Sure. You may yeah, you have I, you a perfectly know. good hip down there. You just, <laughs> you're just trying to come up with something where you don't have to do anything to get it done. Go. And that's right. not right. It's- it's just feeling neglected. And and while we're on the subject, um, you know, a lot of people try to hide these ailments with things like aspirin, Tylenol, Advil. And I'm not sold on that. I don't I don't I might take an aspirin maybe once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. if there's pain, you gotta identify why it's there and where it's at and how to do something more constructive for it than just mask it over. Sure. So. Yeah, I could spend a week talking about pain management. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, I know somebody. I you know, I don't take the Tylenols or the Advils anymore, um, but I used to. I knew somebody who basically would take a lot of aspirin to mask all the pain, and so sure. basically he had to go get a stem cell deal because he'd blown out his whole stem cell system or Ouch. whatever that is, you know. Sure, sure. So I don't want to go there. I just want right. to I just want to solve it with some stretches or some free weights or know more about what I'm doing and what not to do. And Sure. Yeah, so. every, every strategy helps. <laughs> Um, hydration is always an issue. Yeah, it's and easy it's, to forget that one. Yeah, and it's critical to stay hydrated because those muscles need to be hydrated. You know, if you if you don't have a uh, if you're missing a few few minerals and then you're dehydrated also, mm-hmm. uh, that's how you get Charlie horses. Sure. Yeah. So um, trouble that way. Potassium is a big one that a lot of people don't get enough of. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us don't eat enough of fruits and vegetables that have potassium in them, and we don't, you know, if we don't study up on how much potassium we have to have, we don't know. Sure. Uh, but actually, the the recommended amount of potassium a day right now is about three thousand milligrams. Ooh, that sounds high. And you know, salt is like twenty four hundred. Well, that's easy. You can get that out of one bag of fries. <laughs> but the potassium, uh, and somebody say, well, I, I eat a banana every day. Well, that's only like 200 milligrams of potassium. It's not going to get you to 2,400. You're not sure. going to eat 10 bananas because you're not a monkey. <laughs> but, uh, but there are foods you can get. And uh, you know more, you know some some potatoes, some nuts, some uh, some other fresh fruits, some dried fruits are really high in potassium, 
and just need to throw more in. I also like to use a product called New Salt, which is a salt substitute, which is made with potassium chloride. So you get a good whack of potassium in that. Um, Some of the the better, uh, shall we say, sport drinks, and I'm not talking about the ones that are full of sugar. Right. Uh, they have potassium in them. Some of the potato chip companies uh, have have basically, by getting spanked for putting so much salt into potato chips, have figured out that they can do a 50-50 salt and potassium into their potato chips, and they taste yeah. just as good. Hmm. And they're better for that. you. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm a fan of the pink Himalayan sea salt. Yeah. But there again, if if you just eat that all the time, sure, it doesn't matter what, what you know how how wonderful the you know kosher <laughs> or Himalayan or whatever kind of sure. salt it is, you yep. still got to get the potassium and not overdo it on the salt. Uh, salt's also a uh, cause you to dehydrate, just like sugar does, just like caffeine does, just like alcohol does. So if you have those four things going on in your diet every day. <laughs> All Most of us do. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I do is uh, I always make sure to ice all my beverages. Oh, so okay. uh, I love a, a good iced coffee, but there's some caffeine in there. But that's okay because I'm offsetting that with with the extra moisture from the from the ice. I I do ice all my adult beverages, including (laughs) wine and beer. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it drives all my restaurant friends nuts when I pour wine over ice. But you know what? I haven't had a hangover in over a decade. (laughs) So you got to stay hydrated. If you're getting a headache, if you're getting a hangover from from booze, it's because you dehydrated your body. Uh, and some people will say, it. well, no, it's the sulfites in the wine. No, it's not. It, you dehydrated <laughs> your brain. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Well, so, I didn't expect to hear that tip. <laughs> we're, we're full of them here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What about, let's say you do a really long ride one day. You like to mm-hmm. hop in the tub? Mm-hmm. And you know yep. your body needs a lot of magnesium, but boy, you sure. know what's going to happen if you if you drink a bunch of magnesium, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It'll be you a bad time in the bathroom there. Oh, dear. Yeah, but you could put in you know a, a, maybe a half a cup of Epsom salts into the tub and yep, jump in yep. the tub after a long ride, and you give yourself mm-hmm. a body a super magnesium boost when you do that. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing for recovery for sure. You wouldn't believe the difference <laughs> that makes. In fact, have you ever wondered how much water your body absorbs when you're taking a shower? Get on the scale before you take <laughs> the shower, and then when you're done showering, uh, get back on the scale and notice you weigh about a pound more. Huh. So your body really absorbs that water, so if you've got magnesium in there, it's sucking that up like a sponge. All right. What else? Um so eventually you're getting older and older and older and older. And uh, some people hate to think that they would ever get on a scooter. But a scooter is a really good option, and you don't have to throw your leg over it so badly. Sure. And I think through. it keeps some of the older guys on the road another five years, maybe in another decade, because mm-hmm. it's just not, it's, it's really comfortable to ride. And some of the big super scooters that are made by Yamaha, 
BMW, Honda, Suzuki. They're they're quite fun because they have oh, such absolutely. a low center of gravity. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I have friends who just can't go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say you still get plenty of power and uh uh still have a, a good time and then you get the extra storage capacity. <laughs> you can run your errands with them. I got a hundred liters on my scooter. Yeah. Fifty under the seat and fifty in the luggage. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's all I need to carry camping gear and all right. my stuff to go overnight touring for sure. as long as I want. But you know, I, I have friends in there. I suggest to them, you know, have you tried a scooter? Oh no, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> You're not going to get me on one of those Vespa things. But uh, it's a great right alternative. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, still have a good time. Get out on two wheels. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's that's our discussion of ailments and solutions. <laughs> and in case you weren't taking notes, there is going to be an article in the May issue of Soundwriter with a lot of the same information and a little bit more that we just talked about. So let's take a little break. And, you know, it's not like we haven't been dishing out the tips and tricks, but when we come back, we're going to have some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by... Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. Hi, I'm Tim. I live in Burien, and a few of my favorite rides in the state of Washington are uh, probably number one is Washington 20. Uh, It's just a nice scenic trip, like traveling through the Alps, and right behind that would be uh, Lolo Pass uh, on the pavement, or if you're really adventuresome, take the uh, Lolo Motorway uh, or the Magruder Corridor to go east and west. Uh, All great rides. Hi, this is Thomas from Heiden Tires, and you're listening to Soundwriter Show. The Soundwriter Show, Tom Marin, the publisher, Jennifer Poole, our writer at large, and we are coming to the end of the show. But before we go, we want to leave you with one more set of tips and tricks. Jen, what do you got today? Yeah, you know, we were talking uh, last month about getting the bike ready and getting out uh, riding now that the weather's better. And one thing that uh, people might overlook is their first aid kit. And if you haven't looked at that in a while and checked to make sure that the, you know, that the, whatever you've got in there isn't expired or that the, it didn't get water damage. You know, I, I would encourage everybody to refresh their first aid kit. And if you don't have one, put one together, you don't have to, you could go buy one, you know, pre-assembled, but uh, you can also pretty cheaply uh, assemble one yourself and, you know, just get the band-aids and the gauze and the tape and the ointment and the disinfectant wipes and uh, you know blister pads and then whatever you know either if you do um 
if you have allergy or pain medications that that you take, you know, just make sure that stuff isn't expired. Good point. We do have some refresher kits in the Soundwriter store. I don't know if oh, you great. knew that. I did not. Yeah, we go. have Makes one it easy. for with all the little uh, things like uh, uh, aspirin and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and then we have another mm-hmm. one for bandages and that type of stuff. Bandages yeah. get old too, so they do. You, you know, don't think they're not expired. Right, they lose the stick or uh, they get wet and damaged. And um, you know, as you long know. as you're at it, mm-hmm. I recommend you also replace the uh, goo tube in your tire repair kit, oh, especially sure. if you ever had it open. Right. Because once air gets in there, it's yep. going to be toast after a couple of months. So Yep. And and we have that available. I, I, I well, imagine that we have that also available hey, on the Sunrider right. store. Make makes it easy. We on have replacement patches, and we have mm-hmm. uh, patches to, uh, seem to last a pretty good long time. Although I recently mm-hmm. got a box of them, and they had an expiration date on them. Oh, no kidding! So I'm sure you won't die if you try to use one, <laughs> but but let's hope not. But yeah, but you, you know what is that rubber just gets uh, funky and uh, doesn't doesn't hold anymore. Yeah. Uh, my tip is not on the same subject. <laughs> but, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest, and it, it rains, and it can rain any month of the year. And uh, we have these little weather apps on our phone, and I really should pay more attention to them because yesterday sure. I was out walking the dogs and I didn't have my rain gear on. Yeah. And we got about an inch of rain in about 30 minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, these spotty showers, you can really get drenched in a hurry. So if you see on your weather app that rain <laughs> is on the way, let's say you're at lunch or breakfast, and you see that there's some rain coming in, um, put your rain gear on. Don't there wait until it rains. And also, um, if you use heated gear or heated grips or any of that type of stuff, a heated seat, uh, don't wait until you're freezing. Turn it on. If it's cold out, right when you're going to start the ride, turn that on. Because if you turn that on later, you have to wait for that stuff to come up to to the temperature. Sure. And you're just going to get colder while you're waiting. Yeah, and now, you know, a lot of those have uh, multiple settings, so just start it out on low, and you can crank it up later, and, and uh, you'll already be pre-warmed a little bit. The ones I have on uh, the NC700X, they actually mm-hmm. start on high. Oh. And I just, I do run them that way. I, I kick oh. them in on high right then, and then when it's yeah. time, I bump them down. Ah, okay. So I get them heated up a little sooner, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I go just the opposite. I start on the low setting and then <laughs> kick it up. I like I like heated hand grips. <laughs> sure. You know what? You know what's really fun to do is when it's when it's hot out, turn your heated hand grips on. <laughs> it's such a bizarre feeling. Right. <laughs> like drinking hot tea on a hot summer day. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. I actually like it. But eventually, I, I turn them off because then sure. you know, eventually they start sending all that hot blood back upstairs. Right. And oh, right. okay, that was enough fun. <laughs> all right, folks, that is our May 2022 show. 
And uh, we hope you take advantage of this lovely weather coming our way and get out and ride some more. We've got plenty of events going on. There's other stuff going on besides what we talked about in the calendar. If you're not already a subscriber, you can do that at soundrider.com. And uh, you and I will be back here with everybody else, Jen, in June. That's right. See you next month. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.